When you see someone and you think, right, you've got an issue, you've had it for five years, and in their mind they think, right, this is it, I can't do anything anymore. And then you you help them and you get you know you get them to where they want to be, and they're so relieved they can do things again. Uh, you can't replace that feeling. It's a nice feeling to have that you've generally helped someone, and I love that. So that's one of the big reasons why I started doing this. Hello, welcome to the Stay Whole podcast. My name is Sanjay and I'll be your host. What is Stay Whole? Stay Whole simply refers to bringing ourselves back to being whole again. We are all broken in some way, shape or form. And my aim with this podcast is to help ourselves return back to being whole again. For me, that means doing three key things. Eat, live and move. We need to eat the foods that nourish our body live our lives the way we were intended to live and move your body the way it's designed to move and with those three things we can help ourselves live a much happier productive and healthier life thank you for joining me hello and welcome back to the stay whole podcast if you're new around here then thank you very much for joining me i'm your host sanjay This week, I sat down with Ali Asid, who's a friend and a former work colleague, and we talked all things reformer Pilates and injury prevention. Ali is a sports therapist specializing in treating injuries using a holistic solution or approach. What does that actually mean? Well, it means looking at injuries differently to how people may traditionally have looked at them. Rather than focusing on the symptom, which might be my back hurts, and treating the back, he looks at what has caused the back pain in the first place. Now, this could be as a result of poor posture. Maybe you're sitting for too long. Maybe you have weak or inactive muscles elsewhere in the body. As I always say, you are what you do all the time, not what you do some of the time. So if you spend most of your time sitting, whether that be in front of a computer, in uh, in front of the TV or in a car, chances are you're not sitting with any awareness of your posture. And over time, this can manifest itself in pain as muscles become weak and inactive. And it's usually the back that has to take the punishment and that is usually caused by somewhere else in the body. Now, the back is just one example uh, that we talk about in in today's session. However, you can apply this to other joints in the body as well. We talk about what Reformer Pilates is and why it's so good at helping those that want to rehabilitate from injuries, but also how it can make you stronger and help your body move the way it's supposed to. Currently, Ali is a reformer Pilates instructor at Chile Pilates in Hertfordshire, and he uses his deep understanding of anatomy to help people simply move better. And a byproduct of that is often the easing of pain. So sit back. Hopefully you'll learn something. I certainly did talking to him, as I always do, and enjoy this week's episode. Thanks again. healthy food ever in their life and you know they're 60 70 years old and they're suddenly starting you know when you're talking to that group of people it's very different to talking to a group of people who do you know hit spin classes you know four times a week so the 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 advice is going to be different and i think uh, and also you know i'm I'm an old git now mate so i'm getting you know i'm becoming one of those people so i need to i need to change and uh, and and move with the times and, and address the people that are around me as well i think for me it's just I want people to realize, and I think this is what with this podcast I'm trying to address address everybody, is that it doesn't matter who you are or where you are in your journey, it's never too late. And I think taking taking the alternative, which is, you know, 
poor health is not is not is not a cool option, guys. Just but it's quite interesting. You said that you're dealing with people who've never really had a you know a healthy diet or anything like that, and all of a sudden you're trying to teach them something about eating healthy, and their knowledge isn't the same as someone who you know has a regular diet or exercises seven times a week and things like that. And I suppose that can be the same for exercise. Dealing with people who've never exercised before, and it can be quite challenging and scary. But it's all about small steps, educating people and breaking it down to make them realize that, look, you can do it. Sometimes you look at things on social media, especially, and you look at, you know, some of the posts people put up uh, of exercises and you look at it. And especially if you've never done exercise before and you look at that, you think, wow, that is scary. It's intense, but they make it look so easy. And I suppose it's the same thing with diet. You look at someone who eats healthy and you know they tell you about all the, I have this, this, and this, and you know it's really healthy. You can try cooking with this. When I tried to eat healthy, Sanjay, honest to God, it was so challenging because I lived off takeaways in uni. And then all of a sudden when you're trying mm. to eat healthy and you look, you know, you, you always look for a bit of guidance. So you look online, you look at other people, you know, athletes, for example, and you look at their diet and you think, wow, that is very complicated. How am I going to do this? Yeah, I think you're you've hit the nail on the head there where you you talked about social media and I think social media has has lots of benefits but I think for a lot of people and and I and you have to remember when you when people society today you know they they say oh on social media or on Twitter or on Instagram and they and they talk as if that that is the majority of the people the majority of the people are not on Twitter the majority of the people are not on Instagram so what you're seeing is a curated view of the world of people that have uh, decided to put their thoughts and their views or their their lives in in the public domain but there's there's a lot more people out there that aren't and it's those people that when they look at things like instagram or social media and as as you exactly as you said it looks too complicated like they look at an exercise they look at someone doing a home workout and they just think i can't do that i've you know how, how am i going to get from you know couch to 5k or couch to doing some sort of um, high intensity fitness and, and it just puts them off and i want to be here to say don't be put off and you again you said this exactly you break it down um think about the the classes that you teach you know the, and this is why i love and we'll talk about this this is why i love pilates but particularly rule former pilates is that every single exercise we learnt to teach there was an alternative, not mm -hmm. just one alternative. There's multiple alternatives. You know, if you can't mm -hmm. do the correct version, then mm -hmm. do this version and, mm -hmm. and, and just show people you can still take part. Uh, and that's that. Yeah, that, that's why I love about it. The other thing as well is um, social media. Sometimes people do forget that some of the people that are on there that are, you know demoing exercises or they're, they're doing these exercises or promoting supplements, they're sponsored by these companies. Just because it's on social media doesn't always it's not always the case that oh this is the right way to do it or this is the only way to do it. Like I've seen on I've seen online a few times that it's popped up and you know someone's doing an exercise. You and uh, as a therapist and a Pilates instructor and a fitness instructor, you look at that and you think there's probably a handful of people who can do that variation because it's so advanced. The average person wouldn't be able to do it, and that's the thing. It puts people off. Like I've had several issues with my lower back. And there's a lot of things I can't do. And it's like I said, the beauty of the Pilates or just having some knowledge of exercise means that 
you always have your own variations. You have your own alternatives. And it's better to be safe than to try something just because you've seen it online and then you know, end up hurting your back or you know, causing more damage. Same thing with diet as well, though. Start off small, set realistic targets. Don't try to all of a sudden say, right, I'm going to cook five meals a day from scratch, all healthy, when you know it's not going to be, you can't, you can't do it. It's not realistic. You're going to get put off and you, it's just going to dishearten you. It really is. Completely. I, uh, completely. I think what you've just summed up there quite nicely is that we overestimate what we can achieve in a relatively short space of time. So if I say to somebody, uh, what are you going to do by next week? What's your goal for, for a week's time? And exactly as you alluded to there, right now they're, they're cooking zero healthy meals from scratch. <laughs> and suddenly they say, well, I'm going to eat three healthy meals every single day for, for the next seven days. It's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. And what happens in that scenario is, of course, we know they're not going to achieve that goal. They get to next week and you ask them, hey, did you achieve your goal? And they say, no, I didn't. And, 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 and they, might have done two, they might have done two days. They may have done two complete yeah. whole days. But the fact is they didn't do the seven that they set out to do in the first mm-hmm. place. They tell themselves, well, I failed. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I quit. Yeah, so it's, it, you've gone from doing nothing to doing a few days to quitting just, Some just in the space would. of a week. Some people, you know, there, there are people out there that can have that, you know, that change of lifestyle and that can, you know, all of a sudden go from having no healthy meals to three a day for seven days. You know, some people can achieve it. takes a lot of willpower. It. Yeah. It takes a huge amount of willpower. But, you know, it's, it's, I always see it as set yourself realistic targets, right? And if Absolutely. you can, even if it means, right, have one healthy meal a day. And that's just being generous. If you can get one every two days, brilliant. You'd rather have one healthy meal in those seven days than have no healthy meals. And from there, you can say, right, you know, let's try to make it two now. And then you know, slowly build up. It's a, it's a process. And you have to understand all these people, uh, these experts and you know, fitness people and so on, uh, there was a point where they started off from the basics and you know, worked from the ground up. So no one's born, you know, an expert or you know, I can exercise seven days a week. I used to exercise, I think, two days a week at one point just to get into that habit. And that's what it is. Old habits die hard. I was not used to exercising and I was not used to eating healthy. Like for me, a healthy snack would be a takeaway with a bit, you know, mm. a pizza with some veggie. A veggie pizza for me was healthy. So I thought it's got vegetables on it. It's got this. It's got, but, you know, set realistic targets, something that's achievable. And from there, build on that. And that yeah. makes it so much easier. Yeah, and those targets, as you said, they have to be small. So you mentioned just having yeah you know, one one healthy meal a day, or you know, mm-hmm. having two healthy two healthy days in your week, or whatever that might yeah. be, and then slowly build it up. And I think that people are just not prepared, or they're not uh, they're not aware of the amount of time it's going to take to develop that habit. And, and mm-hmm. unless you're doing the thing on a regular basis, it's not going to be a habit. I've just literally recorded a podcast yesterday with a friend of mine. We talked about this in detail when we talked about habits and. You know, just turning up every day to do to do do something like you said, doing some is better than none. Yeah, it's just establishing that habit, just like you going to the gym twice a week, just to get in the habit of being in the gym. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there and you're you're present, and it's not an effort for you to actually get to the gym anymore, then you can start to look at okay, what am I actually doing here? Can I improve the the, the quality of the time mm-hmm. that I'm spending here? And and that's that's really important. I like the way you said that. Yeah, uh, but is, even exercise, people think exercise is you know only done at the gym that's not true you know right now the way things are all of the exercise sessions are you know i'm 
creating for people. I'm doing sessions with them. Uh, they're from home. You can do them from home, downstairs. And an exercise session doesn't necessarily have to be an hour. You know, I've got 15-minute sessions. We're doing 20-minute sessions, 10-minute sessions. 10 minutes a week is better than doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you can build on that. So you can do 10 minutes once a week, and then next week try doing 15 minutes, 20 minutes. So, you know, you don't have to be at the gym, you know, to be healthy, to do exercise. You can do it at home. I'll be honest with you, a lot of the time, it is quite scary when you go to the gym. It's intimidating. You go to the gym, you see all these people that are super fit, super healthy, that can do everything. And, you know, you're standing there and you don't really have a clue what to do. It's quite, it is, it's scary. It really is scary. Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. I think, again, just being put off and, and, and people seeing the wrong image or the wrong um, message being being portrayed, either whether it's online or at the gym. And I think that, and, and, and as you said, right yeah. now, people have realized that actually I don't need to go out and, and I can, mm. I can do these things from the comfort of my own room. I mean, you yeah. alluded to the sessions that you're doing with, with your clients and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and your uh, network. These are sessions that uh, involve equipment. I mean, you said you could do them at home. Do you, do they need anything to, no. to, to take uh, part? Well, if, if you have equipment, brilliant. But you know, a lot of the time, if you have an exercise at home, all of a sudden we have this lockdown come in and people don't have equipment at home. So we're using things around the house cans of food for a bit of resistance if you haven't got a pilates mat you can use a blanket a duvet cover anything soft you can use a carpet so you mm. have to be creative but you know even then if someone says right i can do 15 minutes on a monday and then you think right that's brilliant you can do 15 minutes let's get 15 minutes done but for the rest of the week if you can't do another 15 minute session go for a walk yeah. you know just go around the go do some gardening do something to stay active there's so many things you can do at home. You don't, ne- you don't need to have fancy equipment or, you know, I, I looked online for a kettlebell and it was ridiculous. So expensive, mm. so expensive. But yeah, you could definitely, you don't always need equipment. As long as you're creative, you can use things at home. Yeah. And I think a lot of these things are often thrown up as obstacles or, it, or you know, I'm going to use this term. It's, it's an excuse, isn't it? It's, oh, I, I, I don't I don't live near a gym or, or I can't afford a gym, which again, you know, finance and cost is, is understandable. Mm-hmm. Or I don't have the, I don't have the equipment. And these can all easily be overcome. And, and I think people are now are, are realizing this with, you know, being, I think when people were told first, you are not allowed to leave your house except to go to the shops or to do exercise once a day. Mm-hmm. suddenly people were like, oh, well, I, I, even the people that don't go out for exercise once a day suddenly wanted to go out for exercise once yeah. a day because they were told that they couldn't. Uh, so it's just the way the mind works. But that, and I think now as, as people are doing more and more of that, they're saying, oh, actually, do you know what? Just going for a walk every day is making me feel good. Uh, yeah, why definitely. didn't I do this before? And I think mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the start, isn't it? Once you feel the reward of doing something simple as just going for a walk, you, once you get that, that kick, that, mm-hmm. that dopamine or that endorphin buzz, mm-hmm. that's gonna that's what's gonna get you there again the following day or the day after or whatever yeah, it is. Definitely. And then, then then you're on that then you're on that snowball effect, aren't you? Of of, of um, yeah. getting yourself fit and active. Yeah. What actually uh, you talked about your your background there, and you didn't consider yourself healthy or aware mm-hmm. of, of um, healthy diet or even mm-hmm. exercise. You know, you started going twice a week, and you know, what? I mean, we haven't really discussed what you do and what you are. We'll come to that. But what made you? get into that lifestyle what made you think actually do you know what this is something that i want to do uh, as, mm-hmm. a, as a as a as a career so i had 
a lot of injuries. I had ankle injuries, back injuries, shoulder injuries. And I should always think to myself, well, I'm young, I'm healthy, you know, but why am I, why am I getting injured? Why am I constantly having this recurring injury? And it's, you know, and then I started doing, a, you know, when you're young, you start going to the gym and you start lifting some weights, trying to look good. But I kept on getting injured. I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. You know, I'm training, I'm doing, I'm lifting weights, but why, when I'm playing football or if I'm doing something, why does my back start to hurt? Or why does my knee start to feel a bit weird? And then I realized there's a lot more to it. So there's different types of training. There's different things you could do. And I just got really fascinated with uh, training and just even the body, human anatomy, just how everything works and how many muscles we have and how they work together to create movement, how they balance each other out. And I, I, I fell in love with it. I honestly did. And from there, I just really wanted to help people. That's the big thing as well. I just, when you see someone and you think, right, you've got any issue, you've had it for five years. And in their mind, they think, right, this is it. I can't do anything anymore. And then you, you help them and you get, you know, you get them to where they want to be. And they're so relieved they can do things again. Uh, you can't replace that feeling. It's a nice feeling to have that you've generally helped someone. And I love that. So that's one of the big reasons why I started doing this. Yeah, I, this is exactly what I was talking about yesterday. It's that feeling, that that sense of gratitude that you get from someone from for helping them to to walk again. It's you know, it's, there's nothing like it. And I think I, I agree. That's exactly why uh, I do, and I, I got into this in the first place. So for yourself, um, it was purely as a result of being frustrated with your own injury problems. And these injuries, as you mentioned, were happening in the gym. This was happening as a result of you trying to be physically active. Yeah. Um, so we'll. When I was doing gym at a younger age, and obviously you see other people doing it, and you take tips and advice from people who look really good, and you think, well, you know, if he does it, it must be true. And it wasn't really working for me. And I was like, well, I'm doing what, you know, someone was telling me, or I'm doing what I'm, I've been shown, or I've looked online, but I've still, I'm still feeling it in my back. Or I, I've mm -hmm. got this really annoying back injury. I've had it for years. You know, I've had prolapse discs. And there's so many things that if you looked online, they say, oh, yeah, you can still do this and you should do it like this, you should do it like this. But for some reason, I kept on feeling my back. And then when I started gaining uh, an understanding and more knowledge on the anatomy of things, I was like, well, I've got this condition. I shouldn't even be doing that exercise, you know. Mm. And from there, it just makes me – it, it puts things into perspective. You know, like you said that right at the beginning, for every exercise, there's always a, a safer variation for you. And I mm -hmm. think people just don't know what variations they can do. So if you have knee issues, back issues, shoulder issues, there's things you can do. So you don't necessarily have to do a certain exercise. And I, th I don't think people know what their variations are. And that's one thing that could put them off. I think you're absolutely right. And I, I unfortunately, I think that's the fault of our peers in the fitness industry who mm. have access to these people who are approaching them for the first time or coming into their into their facility for the first time coming to their classes and they're not offering that option when they demonstrate an exercise so there's an assumption that in order to take part in a class whether that class is a spin class or whether it's an aerobics class or a pilates class or a yoga class there is almost this assumption from certain aspects of the fitness instruction community that everybody is at the same level mm -hmm. that's and not everybody's true. just well exactly everybody's Furthest just not at the it. same level yeah, yeah we're all different every every single being on this planet is different in some yeah. way 
and mm-hmm. we all have different issues. We all move differently. We've all had different upbringings and environments that have affected our joints and our muscles, and, and we just mm-hmm. don't move in the same way. And if you've not been told that from the very beginning, or that's not been explained to you from the beginning by somebody who who does know and 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 should know and should give you the the alternatives to keep mm-hmm. yourself safe, mm-hmm. then you're going to end up just like you. I hurt my back. We're very 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 young, lifting weights, wanting to look a certain way. It was all mm-hmm. about aesthetics then. <laughs> your, your, your values change as you yeah. as you get older, but um, chasing that that cover model image, you know, as a, as a, as a youth and, you know, someone in my twenties wanting to, to have that, um, just led to more and more problems and and everything I did just compounded that until I actually learned and understood. So what, what made you go into the anatomy side of it? Was that something you were already studying through school? And what made you then say, look, this is what I want to actually do. This is great. I, 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 like, for example, you said, I shouldn't be doing these movements, you know, so Mm -hmm. you learned this, this aspect of, of movement. Was that the moment that made you think, this is what I want to do for a living? I remember it was one of my first anatomy lectures and we were there. What were you studying at the time? Uh, Sports therapy. So this was at uni. So I hadn't done any anatomy before this. And I got to uni and, you know, they introduced the courses and they tell you what's going to happen and so on. And they said, we're going to do anatomy. And this is what we're going to cover. And straight away, I was like, oh, my days, I'm not going to be able to do any of this. Because they're talking about, you know, they're using all these Latin terms and phrases, and I've got no experience in any of this. And then I remember uh, the second lesson, we got there, and we started looking at the muscles of the thigh, and, you know, looking at the quads and so on. And it just made sense. It's hard to, I can't explain it, but once I saw the images and they were talking about the origin, the action, and how the muscles influence each other, it, it just clicked. And I thought, that makes perfect sense to me. And I just fell in love with it. I honestly, I loved, like, I still read up on things now. My spare time, I'll just pull out an anat- my old anatomy books and just, just read over some of the uh, muscles and just freshen up on some of the things. And if you can understand the anatomy, it just makes life so much easier. And that's when you can give variations. That's when you can say, right, if you can't do this, do this instead, because you understand what that muscle is supposed to do. And that's a, I think that's a big part of being in the fitness industry. You need to understand the anatomy. You need to know how the body works, what the muscles are doing, what the joints should be doing, what's a you know, healthy range. And if you can't do it, all right, let's look for alternatives. And it, yeah. that's, yeah, 100%, I agree with you that people in the fitness industry should have enough knowledge to give alternatives to people. If you can't do something, do this instead. Yeah. There's always an option. There's always something you can do. hundred percent. And that's one of the beauty of the Pilates classes. Yeah. So tell us what you're, what you're doing at the moment. You're, you're. So I'm a reformer Pilates instructor and I'm working in Hertfordshire. So I'm based in St. Albans and Harpen and I have covered a few in uh, Bushy. And mm-hmm. yeah, Sanjay and I used to work together once upon a time, years and years and years ago. <laughs> the good old days. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah, good old days. And I teach rehab classes. I teach regular Pilates classes. And I think the biggest thing I've learned from that is you get a class and you get a number of people turning up. Everyone has strengths. Everyone has their own weaknesses, but they're all different abilities. And I love that. I love that challenge. I love that. You know, looking after everyone in that class, so from the most advanced member to the you know, someone who's never done Pilates before. I do that alongside doing my sports therapy 
personal training work, uh, seeing one-to-one clients, sort of looking at weight loss, strengthening, rehabilitation, things uh, like that. So that's interesting. So you're teaching group fitness classes in, 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 you know, we can generalize and say it's group fitness. Of course, it's yeah. very specialized. It's a reformer plus, and we'll talk, t- touch on what reformer is in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but your, your qualification, your e- education, your background is more the, th- the sports therapy yeah. and the anatomy side. So this, this is exactly what's wrong in my opinion with the fitness industry. This is not the model everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, fitness instructors or personal trainers don't have the level of understanding that someone like you uh, has when it comes to the human body and how it moves and and what you know, exactly you said what happens what's the range of movement and what mm-hmm. happens when this joint is on load and and, mm-hmm. and agonist and antagonist and all these terms you mentioned and that's what really uh, attracted me to to Chile was that mm-hmm. talking to the instructors and and everyone there everyone had this understanding there were lots of people who came from the therapy background like yourself who had a very very good detailed understanding of the human body and there were people that came from the fitness side like myself mm-hmm. and, and like you you know i'm very geeky with that stuff as well i enjoy <laughs> it i love i love i love anatomy and physiology and all that and that's what attracted me into this world in the first place and understanding how the body works and just like yourself i had that moment i was like oh wow that's why that happens okay now I, <laughs> now it makes sense to me and i was sold um but surely it makes sense to me now that you should understand all of that before you start telling people to put you know their body weight on their back and do a squat i mean mm-hmm. you know, should, that, for me that's it, fundamental it's like um so i've got sciatic issues uh, you know i've always had sciatic issues uh, so so it, they do it does flare up sometimes but some of the basic movements i can't do them purely because i'm not going to risk my sciatica coming back sure but if you look at them they're the most basic movements, the most basic stretches, but I just won't do them. But that's only down to knowledge of the anatomy. I know exactly why I shouldn't do that. And I have an alternative, a safer alternative, which still gives, which still gives me the same stretch or benefit of the exercise. And it's exactly like I said, everyone comes from different backgrounds from where we were. So, you know, therapy, personal training, but it's that love of learning. You know, you're all constantly learning and brushing up on the anatomy and thinking, wow, this is why we're doing this. Or, this is what happens when you bend your knee or if you extend your spine. This is what's happening at other joints. And it just makes sense. It, it all just clicks. Uh, that's, that's the beauty of it. So that rehab part of what you do, this, the sports rehab, mm-hmm. is that how do you address someone's problem? So if someone came to you with a, a back problem. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very common one, I'm sure. Yeah. If someone comes to you with a back problem, what's your approach? What do you, what do you actually then do with that, that individual? Well, before we even do anything, first thing is, how did you get your back problem? Uh, right. What you know, if they if they know what it is, then you can find out about that. Then you know, you find out what movements aggravate it. So, my, for example, my back issues aren't the same as someone else's. Like, I can't extend the spine; it causes me a lot of pain when I extend the spine. Whereas other people with back issues can extend their spine, but they can't flex the spine. Whereas I'm the opposite. So you're trying to figure out what's going on, what movements are causing this problem. Then you start thinking, right. Let's look at exercises now. So if your back hurts when you round your spine, what exercises should we be avoiding? And then you kind of build a plan from there. And you think, right, if you can't do this, this, and this, that's not a problem. We can still do these other exercises, which work the same muscle groups, but it's going to be a safer exercise and a movement for your back. Then we start looking at the exercises. 
depending if it's in a class setting, class setting, obviously you're, you're working with people, you're walking around, you're looking at them, observing, giving them alternatives. And some people know the alternatives anyway. Uh, if you don't know your alternatives, then I'm always there to support you and guide you through it. If it's a one-to-one, -one, then I'm obviously sitting next to somebody throughout the whole session, observing, guiding them through it, talking through it. And I always say to people, even if you're in a class setting, if there's an exercise which you look at and you think, right, that's going to cause me issues, don't do it. Don't do it because the person next to you is doing it. Just wait a second, just call me over. And, you know, if you don't know the alternative, I could show you an alternative. But the beauty of the classes is you give alternatives before it starts. So I'll always say, you know, if you've got a back issue and you can't do this, I want you to do this instead. So, yeah, so it's, it's first figuring out what's causing the problem or where, where that problem has come from. If that person knows, it's then looking at what movements Ag uh, um, what movements irritate the problem what movements mm -hmm. bring the pain on mm -hmm. and then try to decide which movements you need to avoid and, yeah. and which ones you need to do mm -hmm. where does the where does the fixing part of it so you know the, i guess someone that's listening to this says well okay that's great but i want i want my back problem to be mm -hmm. fixed because that's the culture we live in right we go mm -hmm. we have a pain we have a niggle we take a pill and it gets fixed so where, where, where's the, where's your pill here what 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 what's what should someone experience or expect pill is right you have to right. get the area moving. You have to work in a safe range. You have to engage the correct muscles. You have to strengthen the muscles that are weak. That could be causing the issue to happen in the first place. That's how you correct it. So I think that's a very powerful one. I think we need to pause on it and explain that because a lot of people, particularly with something like back, let's just touch on mm -hmm. that now. People that have back pain, the the most common thing they probably do, in my experience, is Oh, I can't do that, or I can't lift that, or I can't do mm -hmm. this movement because I have back pain. And they avoid using the area. And what you've just said is the complete opposite is that mm -hmm. if you've got back pain, then you should be using it. You should be moving it, but you need to understand which movements are safe for you yeah. to do. I am um, funny you say that I'd done an article um, talking about back pain, and it was talking about how your bum influences your lower back. And a lot of the people that I've done work with, and you know, they say they've got back issues. You look at it and you think, right, go through this movement. Let's try to observe. Let's assess. And you think, well, the reason why your back and you know, why your back's hurting is because you're not allowing your bum to do the work. So, for example, hip extension. So, just like for example, a squat or a deadlift or anything like that, or taking a uh, jumping, right? You should have enough strength in your bum. Okay, we'll give another example, an easy example, a bridge, a glute bridge. So you're lying on your back, your knees are bent, your feet are on the floor. And I'll say to you, right, engage your bottom, try to lift your hips up. Now, I want you to lift your hips up using the strength of your bum. Now, if you don't have that strength in the bum, you're going to get to a certain point where you're going to lift your hips, and then you're just going to start arching the lower back to compensate, to give you the illusion that your hips are going up. And then you turn to lower back down, you think, right, did you feel anything? And they'll say, yeah, actually, do you know what? I felt my back at you know, a certain point when I lifted my hips up. Obviously, I'll get them to tell me when their back's hurting, when they're doing the exercise. But I'll say, right, lift your hips up. And they'll say, right, right now I can feel something, a twinge in my lower back. And you look and you think, well, that's because you're arching it excessively. The whole point is that sometimes injuries happen because the lower back, for example, does more work than it should do. You know, your bum should be allowing your hip to move back, your leg to move back. If your bum's not strong enough to do that, you know, chances are you're going to start arching your lower back and it's going to compensate. Mm. So you're causing a lot of compression and the, the, the muscles tend to get very tight and that is a remedy for an injury. 
So if you can educate people saying, right, this is what I want you to do. This is what you should be initiating. This is what you should be feeling. That, honestly, that changes everything then. Because then straight away, someone thinks, right, actually, I've been doing 10 exercises completely wrong. Because I haven't been feeling my bum. I've been feeling my lower back. And that's only because no one has really you know, assessed them, analyzed them, and said to them, right, this is what you should be doing. This is what your bum does. This is how the movement should be. Are you feeling the bum working? They're like, yes. Are you feeling the lower back? No. Brilliant. Um, that's one of those powerful things. It's not only telling people, you know, the fix is go and do the exercise. It's doing the exercise properly. Use the muscle you're supposed yeah. to be using. What you're saying there, Ali, to, to, and what I heard was a back problem, a back pain is not necessarily something wrong with your back. No. Right. Right. So you alluded to the bottom and the, and the glutes there and, mm -hmm. and the muscles around there. So again, this is something that a lot of people are misled on in that, oh, I've got a back pain. I have to treat my back. You know, I have to yeah. take painkillers from my back. I have to put a heat pack or a cold pack or rub this special lotion on my back. But mm -hmm. actually it, it could be, and it often is the result of another group of muscles or joints not working or being strong enough in this case, as in, in, in the case of the bottom, mm -hmm. to support the movements that the back has to do. And therefore, the back takes the brunt of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because how and, your body again, works is if one joint isn't working, the next joint will try to take up the workload. So if you haven't yeah, got your the body's great compensating. 100%. If you haven't got the strength in your bum or you haven't got the range in your hip, your lower back's going to try to create the extra movement. And why, and why do people, why do so many people not have the strength in their bum? What's the biggest cause of that? We're so used to sitting down. We're sitting on the bums constantly. <laughs> so we're never, we're never really using them. Mm. Uh, you know, when you sit on your bum, you're not tensing your bum. Your bum's relaxed. And then when you get up and, you know, your hamstrings tend to be very tight. The back of your thighs tend to do a lot of the workload. So the work that the bum should do, the back of the thighs do, or the lower back is doing. So the bum itself is just relaxing, if anything, taking a day off. Mm. Whereas the hamstrings or the back of the thighs and your lower back are doing all the workload. You know, if you can get your bottom to switch on, often that's what causes the back pain. So if you can get your bum to switch on, it will help your back massively. But yeah, you're that's right. Huge, your body yeah. compensates. Your body compensates. You give, it a, you, yeah. you, you give it a moment or a chance to cheat and it's going to take it. Yeah. And I think, I think just this just highlights the need to go, if you have any of these types of issues. I mean, back, we, we talked about back, but the other ones, you know, knee, shoulder, hip, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. If these things have been niggling you uh, for, for, for a long while and you've maybe a different approach is what you need. Maybe looking mm -hmm. at things differently uh, or having, or looking at things correctly in this case is, is, mm -hmm. the, is the approach you need. And I think being put off uh, and we see this, you see this in your Pilates classes. I see this, you know, I've seen this throughout my career. Uh, people get put off uh, when they can't do a movement or they feel pain. But if they can feel like you demonstrate with the bottom, if they can feel, oh, if I can feel this do working in the right way and the back's not working, they almost feel like there's some sort of progression there. And once you mm -hmm. feel that progression, that's what's going to motivate you to come back. But mm -hmm. it, it, but also alleviating pain. I think a lot of the, what, when you strengthen those muscles that are not working or not firing, it alleviates not just the problem, but the pain that people are suffering. And I think that's a huge thing. If you can take pain away from someone, you're going to be their best friend for life, surely. Yeah, of course, of course. And obviously, don't get me wrong, like, there are some issues that are back issues. Like, you know, you, if you have genuine back issues, like you've slipped discs and so on, then your back is really sure. susceptible, it's vulnerable. 
But the best thing you right. can do is to strengthen around it, strengthen the bum, strengthen those muscles supporting your spine. You know, strengthen mm. your core. The core, you know, I can't stress this enough. Your core is just not your six pack. Core, deep muscles, a lot of muscles that make up your core. And that's one of the things about Pilates. You know, strengthening your core makes a massive difference. Mm. Huge difference. Yeah. And that's where Pilates is a very, very good tool for things like rehabbing injuries and mm -hmm. uh but it's not you know it's not just for rehabbing injuries i think we have to make, make this clear it's not just for people who are struggling with movement this is just generally very they're generally good exercises for all of us to be doing especially if you're a in a, into a competitive sport or some sort of competitive movement um because these are these are muscles that often we we, we neglect or we don't work out in the gym uh or in any other setting yeah because you know, it's not just for someone who's, like you said, rehab or injured. It's there to help get flexibility, right? So if you're an athlete, if you if you work out seven times in a week, you know, you're going to need flexibility. If you have an injury, it's brilliant. You know, it's going to help you rehab injuries. If you want to just get the, a good understanding of how your body should move, it's good for that. It's just good education to go there. You know, do a few exercises and you know just if you do a few exercises and you feel the way your body should be moving it's an eye-opener so the postural exercises you know i used to hate them because i used to do it and i was like i can't do it and then once you do it and you feel like this is what i should be feeling or this is how i should be sitting or looking or this is how my body should be moving it's an eye-opener that makes you realize that yeah I, i've got a lot of work to do there's areas that i'm weak at and i need to improve them it's so powerful, isn't it? It's so powerful yeah. just seeing your own body change and, and, and not change in the way that people maybe associate change when it comes to fitness, but just change the way it moves or feels. Mm -hmm. And that is more powerful than anything. And then that, that's what's going to get people coming yeah. back and, and, and returning for more. Yeah. Um, Often people, you know, you have this thing, Pilates or exercise or whatever, you just think strength, strength, strength. But, you know, people forget about flexibility, being able to move around freely. You know, length is strength. So that's another focus. You know, are, are, are you stretching? Or can your joint go through its range of movement? Have you got a balance within the muscles? That's really so important. That's often looked. Yeah, so Pilates is not just about strengthening, but it's about lengthening as well. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's very important, as you said. Uh, and this is where people often get confused between things like yoga and Pilates. Mm -hmm. um, and I've talked about this on a previous podcast, but um, yeah, people often associate yoga with purely just lengthening. But th there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of crossover there. But Pilates as well, just doing Pilates, you do get and you do improve your flexibility. Uh, yeah. It's not just about strengthening. So you're going to get yeah, definitely. the best of both worlds. Definitely. Um, you, you mentioned reformer, and there are probably people, might be people listening to this who don't understand or don't know what we what we're talking about when we refer to a reformer. So, could you just briefly explain that for us, please, Ali? Yeah. So, if you ever come into a studio, you see a reformer bed, don't get freaked out. It, it looks like a torture device. It's, it, and a reformer is basically it's a piece of equipment that we use. It's like a bed, and not a bed that you sleep on. It's a bed. You've got some springs. You've got some, you know, ropes, you've got some loops, you've got some platforms and some things you can place your feet on. And what it basically takes mat-based Pilates to another level. So it adds in some resistance through the springs and the ropes. But the thing that the reformer also offers is it allows you to have variations on exercises by adjusting the spring mm -hmm. tension or adjusting the, the height of the bed or the hand, you know, the, the bars that you're going to place your feet or your hands on by adjusting that it makes it safer for you. It makes it achievable. So if you haven't got the flexibility, you don't, 
you know, you can bring the bar up, you can try a slight variation, you can position yourself differently, and you can still get the benefits of the stretch or the exercise. Yeah, so it's a, uh, it, there's lots of things you can do on a reform. It's not just there to make life harder or make the exercise more difficult, right? Because I think when people look at a reform machine, like you said, they get they get freaked out because it does look like some sort of ancient torture device. But it's actually, it can be, it's there to to assist you if you need assistance in, in a movement, or it's there to push you if you need to be pushed further in a movement. And, and that's Definitely. why when you come to a reformer Pilates class, you will see someone who, you know, who is, is quite new and is very, very new to the movement. And you will also see someone that's very experienced and, and, and knows what they're doing as may have been doing it for doing it for a long time. So that, that's important to understand. So it's just a device. It's a tool that we yeah. can be used to, yeah. as you said, take mat Pilates and Pilates is generally done on a mat very much like yoga and reformer is another variation of that. Yeah. Um, so you teach, you teach reformer Pilates as well as Matt Pilates. Now, obviously you, you don't have access to the mm -hmm. studio. So everything you're doing at, at home or with your clients online is, is Matt based. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, if they have gym equipment. It's brilliant. You know, we can use that. If not, it's all, you know, we okay. can go Matt based. It's fine. And you know, I was horrible. When I first went to my first reformer class, I was useless. Like, you know, I had no clue what I was doing and I thought I was an expert and I stepped into that studio and I was like, I have no clue what's going on. But you'd be amazed how quickly you can pick up on things, how your body remembers Tumbling. it. Yeah, you go, you, you know, three, four sessions in, you, A, you feel the difference in your body, but B, you get familiar with the exercises, you get familiar with the machines, you know, sorry, the bed. And it just makes you think that, wow, I was scared of this for no reason, like for nothing. And mm. that's, that's powerful. Yeah, it, it is. And I think if, if anyone's listening and hasn't tried it, uh, hopefully as soon as this, this lockdown period is over, I, I urge you to go and try a class, uh, a reformer Pilates class, because it doesn't matter where you are on your journey, what your fitness levels are. Uh, it, it, there, there's something, there's some benefit there to be had for everyone. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's especially if you've been struggling with things, if you're trying to find your way, this can be a really good kickstart and then just un understanding your body uh, a little bit better. Um, talking on that, if someone is listening and they, you know, they want to get started, they've heard about Pilates, they might have listened to my previous podcast about it. Um, what are the barriers to entry right now? So if someone's there, right, like it, I want to, I want to go now. I want to, I want to do something. What, 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 what do they need? What are the, what are the things that are going to get in their ways? What, what do they need to start? Well, the first thing is we're in lockdown, so no one's doing any reform of Pilates anytime. Um, right. Once lockdown's done, you don't need anything. If you're going to do reformer, well, even Pilates, sorry, let's let's, let's refer, uh, sorry, put reformer to one side. If someone just wants to get started on a Pilates journey, what what's the what are the barriers there for someone? Injury, I think, is the big one. Obviously, injury. If you're injured and it's hard doing it on your own, so it's nice to be around someone who knows what they're doing. The other thing as well is it's just knowledge. So if someone says, "Okay, reformer Pilates," you look at it, you think, "Oh, Jesus Christ, that is scary and intimidating." But if you know what it's there for, you know how to use it. But the biggest thing, it's all mentality, it's the mindset. And I think that's the biggest barrier for anything, you know, exercise, diet, anything in life is you, you see your mentality. It's having negative thoughts, thinking you can't do it, you can't do it. If you start off with that mindset, you're not going to be able to do it, then you're probably not going to be able to do it. So the biggest thing before you even do anything is just to make sure, get that mindset that you can do it. It's going to be a process, but you can do it one, you know, one step at a time, one day at a time. 
Yeah, and 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 no matter how much time as well, you you mentioned it much earlier that if it's if it's ten minutes, if it's fifteen minutes, you know, just slowly building up is 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 a lot better than not doing it at all, or trying to do too much and then aggravating an injury or, or causing an injury, which would obviously be be uh, be counterproductive in that sense. There's literally no obstacles. I mean, someone can have have you on on the end of a, a skype call or, or, a, or a facetime call mm-hmm. and have a mat and and start doing pilates uh, at home uh, yeah. as long as they know what what they're doing is safe and, and effective for their body so if someone wanted to do that right so right now given that we're in lockdown you're, you're still working you're still doing things from home uh, yeah. are you are you taking on new clients are you um you know are you taking on people that are new and maybe have never done pilates yeah. before yeah i've got um I've got a few new people that I've just started with, but the thing, like my, cl- some of the people that I've been working with, they've got issues such as you know back issues, knee issues, or you know I can't just say to them right, lockdown's here. I'll see you in six months. People need to sure. see some people need to see me regularly. Uh, new clients, hundred oh, percent, of course. I always, I always got time for new people, and the best thing is you know when you first sit down and talk to someone, isn't just say right, you want to strengthen your knee. I'm going to give you this, this, and this exercise. Go away and do it. You have to make sure that they know why they're doing it. So that mm. could be, you know, one of two things. You can sit down, you can just show them, talk to them, you know, via FaceTime. You can show them the exercise, uh, talk them through what they should be doing, what they should be feeling, what to do, what not to do, depending on their uh, injuries. And then you can send them a video, you know, again, going over the thing. Because it's, n- it's not just a case of, right, go and do it. Because I'll be honest, there's exercises that I do that uh, I've seen, you know, I've online and i do it in my head i'm thinking right I, I'm, I'm doing this i look in the mirror i think i look nothing like what i should be looking like so it is breaking it down looking at people it's the first session or so just getting to know someone find out what the injuries are what they can and cannot do like we've discussed and just you know let people know that if you have an injury it's, it's a good time to start rehabbing it now you're at home why not start rehabbing it strengthening it so when lockdown is finished you know, you can go out there and you've already been on this journey for two or three weeks rather waiting for lockdown to finish and then life comes and hits you with all these things to do and you're never going to get time for it. Yeah, I think right now is, is is a better time than any. I think a lot more people are realizing that. They're moving more. They're they're being more active. Um, I, I think other people are probably doing the, quite the opposite. They're, they're sitting down more. And I think, as you meant, you alluded to earlier, sitting is is a, is a big cause of a lot of these problems that we have, whether it's back, hip, shoulder knee whatever it might be so uh yeah just just doing some kind of mot for your joints that's that's how i like to do pilates personally i think of it as you know your car your your car needs an mot every year and and your body probably needs it a lot more frequently and something like pilates is that mot it's just making sure that all your joints and your you know your your uh, muscles and your attachments and your tendons they're all just functioning the way that they should be and mm-hmm. if we're not doing that and we're just spending all that time sat down in one in one position over and over and over again, but of course that's going to cause us some problems. Yeah, um, definitely. So, uh, yeah, look, I love it. I think uh, I love the, your uh, uh, online platform that um, Chili Pilates have put on. I know they've got you, you're you're one of the instructors on there. You've got a few classes uh, on on the online platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sent me a message as soon as you saw it, didn't you? I did. I got love very it. excited to, to see to see Ali. You know, as much as I love um, I love Paul and I love uh, Matt and uh, and Ross was the other one up there. But uh, I was waiting waiting to see your pretty face. So uh, 
I was very, very happy with that. Um, yeah. Ali, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to find out more about what you're doing, how can they, how can they do that? Um, they can drop me an email. So it's ali.acid, A-S-I-D, Pilates at gmail.com. So email uh, Ali, A-L-I, dot A-S-I-D, Pilates. So Ali.acidpilates at gmail.com. Yeah. 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 So drop it, drop Ali an email. If you're interested, if you want to know more about Pilates, you want to know more about Reforma. Um, obviously right now everything's virtual, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. We'll, we can find a time, but you're, you mentioned you're in the Hertfordshire area. So when things go back to relative normal, that's the, the environment, the, the, the location that you're, you're based at. Yeah. I'm based in, uh, St. Albans and Harpenden. St. Albans and Harpenden. Okay. Yes. Across Hertfordshire. Ali, lovely. Thank you very much for joining me today, my friend. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's hey. been a pleasure. Good. And uh, all the best with your online business. And uh, we'll see each Thank other you very soon. Much. Stay safe. Uh, hopefully I should Thank see you. you soon, my friend. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. That was Ali Acid. Go check him out. He's over at Chili Pilates. They're in Hertfordshire in the southeast of England, if you're in that area. Of course, they're closed at the moment due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but you can uh, check out their online platform as well. At the same time, you can contact Ali uh, and ask him for any questions that you might have or or even go and get a consultation with him. Uh, It's always worth your while, especially if you've had a niggling injury for a while. It can be something that can possibly be resolved with some sort of simple movement that you might want to do so that's ali acid so his email address uh, as he said it then i'll mention it again is ali.acid and acid is spelled a-s-i-d ali.acidpilates at gmail.com so ali.acidpilates at gmail.com go check him out say hi tell him i sent you thank you very much for listening if you haven't done so already please visit your favorite podcast app and leave me a review it really helps me to get this podcast to reach more and more people i would really appreciate it and as always guys stay safe out there and always stay whole